Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Cheese on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on, man? How's everybody doing? Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live this December 17, 2017. The year is coming to an end. The year is coming to an end, just like that. This is about the time where everybody's got to get their Christmas shopping in. You don't want to be that one guy that's out there on the 24th with no idea what to get to his significant other and things like that. A lot of guys be confused out there like that, including me. You don't want to just get your woman a gift card or something like that because then that's all it really is at the end of the day is money. Don't be a sucker like that. But anyways, had some boxing going on last night. Oh, man, the U.K. made an invasion out in Canada. Billy Joe Saunders, my guy, I was looking forward to seeing him in the ring last night with one David Lemieux, who everybody kept talking about explosive knockout power. Hey. But I wasn't the only one watching it, along with the boxing world. But my tag team champion, Steve Willard Wilson, was shooting some texts with me during the fight and all that. But um, let's see what's going on in H-Town. Willa, how you doing, bro? RC was popping, man. Uh, man, yeah. Almost Christmas time. Boxing is coming to a close. In fact, I think I think there's only maybe one one more fight this year. Um, coming. Uh, I think there's one more. I think there's just one more fight scheduled for this year, and I think it's some bums. So uh, I don't think we really have to be worried about that. But I'll check that out here in a little bit. But yeah, it was good. Good night of boxing, you know. Um, we're gonna talk about it, but usually, am I? I'm not that hyped to see two white guys fight, but this week we got we got a good one, and uh, well, it was supposed to be a good one, but we'll talk about it later. But as usual, I'm happy to be <laughs> talking boxing, man. We'll get to it. Yeah, man, that's what's up. How you doing in the uh, whole? Christmas shopping department, Willa. Are you one of those guys that gets your stuff done early? Or, you know, because I always plan on trying to do that the right way, but it just never works out that way. 
but or are you the guy that's on the twenty fourth shopping for your woman looking confused as hell in in the store? Um, I, I'm a guy that takes it last minute. I'm never confused. Um, I'm I'm usually a guy that goes out there on the twenty third, uh, late night and hitting some stuff. You know, it's all about the thought. You know, I tell these young men, I tell you, if you've got to give her something that's going to blow her mind, I mean, well, for you it is, I guess, you know, when you're dating and you're trying to make a make an example, but now, you know, I'm a married man, so I just, I give my, my wife what she needs, what I know she needs from the years, from the years of complaining. So as long as you keep your, your ears open uh, throughout the year, it shouldn't be that hard to pick out one or two things that uh, your significant other has been crying about the whole year. So, you know, I haven't, I haven't even done any shopping yet at all. Um, I'm going to Sweden here next Tuesday. So I might not have, might not get any shopping done. I might just have to do it all tomorrow. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, no sweat off my back, man. When it comes to getting gifts, I'm a pro at it. That's what's up. Words of wisdom to all the dudes out there trying to make a splash. Don't make that a habit for a long run down the road. But anyways, man, let's get to some boxing. Glad everything's all good with you out there. Hope you staying warm with your pimp coat out there because I know it's a little cold out there. And in California, we got some crazy fires going on, so it's a little warm. But, you know, uh, oh, last no, night no. in Canada. We're 70 degrees. Oh, you're good we're, now. You're we're good 70. now. Okay. Yeah, we're 70 degrees. They out there hooping with shorts on. So we all good out here right now. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. You know who ain't all good right now? A guy, David Lemieux, who was expecting to have a knockout finish in front of his home crowd, similar to what he did to my man Stevens. Had somebody doing a Ric Flair face like how when Triple G had him on the ground. But David Lemieux, man, the guy that they kept talking about on HBO, he's got a knockout or a fight-changing power, as Roy Jones mentioned, saying that if it was any other fighter than David Lemieux and his knockout power, the corner would probably throw in the white towel because David Lemieux was getting clowned last night. He was getting clowned by one Billy Joe Sanders. This guy, uh, I told you he's my guy. I like his arrogance. I like how he's uh, he gets in his opponent's head every time. If it's not him, it might be his little kid when it comes to a face-off. You got to watch out for that little a little badass kid there showing on the side. Because Willie Monroe, he found out the hard way what happens when you just get too close to that little kid and pat him on the head like he's a good boy. That little Dennis the Menace, he's just like his daddy. Both smart asses. Billy Joe Saunders leading up to the entire fight, and even so much so when he was being introduced, getting too close to David Lemieux's corner with his hands up, just trolling this guy. And it was too easy. Both fighters looking to step their way into contention last night and with getting a fight with Triple G and or Canelo. The middleweight division starts to heat up a little bit. But David Lemieux was looking to possibly get his rematch in which he would feel more comfortable with Gennady Golovkin than the first time around. And Billy Joe Saunders, we remember Triple G saying, 
he tried to make fights with him before, and that he's nothing. A whole lot of talking has been going on for the years about Billy Joe Saunders ducking Triple G or whatever, whatever. But it's about to come down to a point where these guys are all going to have to get in a crash landing with each other. Being Andrade, Charlo, Jacobs, Canelo, Triple G, and even old Spike O'Sullivan we'll talk about later. But, man, David Lemieux getting shut out in Canada where the crowd is just begging for him to do anything. What did you think about the performance of Billy Joe Saunders, Willa? Because if I'm not mistaken, I thought you and a few other guys were saying that David Lemieux is going to going to put him on his back, in which I was telling people I think it would be Billy Joe Saunders by decision. I didn't think it was going to be a clean slate like that, but it turned out to be a shutout. Willa, what did you think about the fight yesterday, and where did both fighters go moving forward? Man, yeah, as um, like I said, I was very excited for this fight. I thought it was going to be um, a bum off, really. I thought it was going to be a guy, um, <laughs> Billy Joe Saunders, who, who's been on the other side of the pond holding the belt hostage, holding his belt hostage, and not really fighting anybody in the good, talking a lot of noise as he's doing it. But, you know, you said that I picked um, Lemieux to win, and that uh, it is true. I did pick Lemieux to win by KO, but the whole, but the whole thread, the whole thread came to is as this: the whole thread that Billy Joe Saunders is probably going to win because um, he can. He's probably going to outbox him, but he's a hoe, and I want to see David Lemieux win. Then I said, fuck it. David Lemieux was a knockout, you know. So I knew Saunders had boxing skills. I didn't know that he was going to be, be able to display him as effectively as he did last night. Um, last night went from a a fight to see who um, will be able to take that next step to fight the elite middleweight. Um, to a showcase. And this was one of the better showcases of the year. Minor, you know, sometimes, you know, when I say to be consistent, like we always like to do, when people do showcases, I usually say I want to see the knockout or I don't give them the A+. plus. You know, guys like Jacobs, when he fought his last fight, he didn't get the knockout. Other guys that you know, don't get the knockout on, uh, you know, when they're supposed to be showcasing their skills. But Billy Joe Saunders, this one just turned into a showcase. It wasn't a show. It wasn't supposed to be a showcase. It turned into a showcase. And he dominated this guy in front of his home crowd. You can hear crickets. You can hear pin drops in the background through the TV, how quiet they were. He made Lemieux look like, look, look just like Rigondeaux looked the other day, except Lemieux tried to – Lemieux fought his way through. You know, he got hurt a couple of times. He, Lemieux actually got hurt a few times. Billy Joe Saunders looked like he could have closed him out, but he didn't. Um, yeah. But his cockiness, his arrogance in the ring, he would make a miss, and he would, like, you know, look into the crowd. He was, he was doing that man dirty, just taking his soul away from him. 
And it was, uh, you know, I've got to give uh, Billy Joe Saunders his credit. You know, is he, elite, is he an elite middleweight? We're not sure of that yet. But he has now made it where I want to see if he is. Um, he looked good last night, man, boxing. But he also looked good against the guy who refused to cut off the reins. Um, there was a lot of mistakes that Lemieux was making out there. But Saunders made him pay for all those mistakes, and that's what you're supposed to do. Turn into a showcase. Lemieux, you know, he is what he is, and that uh, a one-dimensional fighter without any kind of, you know, without any kind of backup plan, doesn't know how to cut off the reins, uh, doesn't have a jab. So, you know, it was good, good, easy work, and it was a good fight. It was easy work, but I, I enjoy every minute of it. Going even going into there as a, a Billy Ho Saunders. I call him Billy Ho, but I'll, I'll, from now on I will give him his respect until, you know, um, until he shows that he's Billy Ho again. Now, last night, I don't know if you heard the, um, the post-fight interview, but he said there were some things that caught my ear. And one of those things was I wouldn't have came over here if I thought there was a chance I could lose or if I thought I would lose. And that's my whole deal with Billy Joe Saunders is that he's over there holding the bell hostage, not trying to fight the best guy. This was his best fight. Um, I guess it's the best fighter he beat. He beat Eubank. I guess he beat an old-ass Andy. He beat old Andy Lee. You know, he's got some good fights, but he hasn't fought anybody. He hasn't fought a top five guy, uh, I don't think, yet. And for him to say, I wouldn't have come over here if I, would, if, if I thought I was going to lose, lets me know that he might not fight anybody else. He's calling out Triple G. Triple G looked old last time. Maybe he can beat Triple G. Maybe that's why he's calling him out. But he didn't say anybody else's name. He didn't say, I, I want the winner out of Triple G and Canelo. He just said, I want Triple G. Billy Joe Saunders gets my respect for today. He gets my respect for 2017. But he's on thin ice because we know that he can all, he, he has shown a pattern of holding that damn belt hostage over there and not letting people unify. So that's all, awesome. Well, he did enough to get that whole nickname you gave him, which I was always a little confused why you called him that. But nonetheless, I, how do you anybody. see him step? What's that, Willie? That's why I call him Billy Ho. I call him Billy Ho because he's not fight. He hasn't fought anybody, and he refuses to fight anybody. You know, I I, I see where people come up with that, and uh, it, it does have validation behind it, but you know, it, it, you can go into the, all the ins and outs, not trying to make excuses for the guy, but you know, when it comes to mandatories, voluntaries, and all that other bullshit that's going on, uh, and, and not to mention when all that was going on before Gennady Golovkin and Canelo received uh, their belts, the way things worked out, Miguel Cotto was still uh, doing his little campaign for almost middleweight uh, lineal champion. And, uh, you know, so the, it was a mess no, 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 before no, no, all this no, no. stuff happened. There you go. There you go trying to disrespect Canelo by 
shorting Kodo's uh, uh, lineal middleweight champ. It wasn't no light lineal uh, middleweight, whatever the hell you just said. Kodo was the lineal. He was the man. Middleweight champ. Right. Okay. <laughs> so that means who's the man right now? He was the man, and then when Canelo so beat him the- and took the belt, Canelo had the belt, and then Canelo said, you know what? I don't want to fight Gennady Golovkin. He's not old enough yet. So he relinquished the title, which was by therefore given to Gennady Golovkin. He got that belt without even fighting Canelo because Canelo was so scared like a hoe. He didn't want to see him. You know. That's not how it goes, though, man. That's not how it goes. See, people are refusing. But no, but that's not how it goes because people are refusing to look at the history of the uh, lineal champion. There was, I always go to when George Foreman got beat, or no, he, he couldn't fight, he, he couldn't fight, and he sort of semi-retired. He didn't retire all the way, but he had to relinquish his belt, but he never relinquished his lineal championship because he didn't retire or go to another weight. Canelo hasn't fought at another weight. He hasn't fought, he, he didn't retire. So guess what? He is the lineal middleweight champ. He's the man, no matter how anybody wants to put it. Now, that doesn't mean he's the best. When George Foreman was the lineal heavyweight champ, I think he was rated like number six or seven. They weren't saying he was the best. They were just letting us know the history of the lineal champ. And you've got to lose that or retire or go to another weight. That's the only way you lose that. That's the only way, by getting beat. Let's move on and give Canelo his yeah. comfort in. But Canelo did, you know, he did, you know, uh, hand over a belt to, to Triple G. And it's kind of funny. He always tries to use this angle about disrespect of the WBC. That's why I don't want to, I don't want nothing to do with those belts. It's kind of funny. He says that. It raises my eyebrow to think maybe he's just doing that because he doesn't want to do with the testing that, in, that involves being with the WBC. So, yeah, Canelo, keep going ahead and saying it's mm-hmm. about disrespecting because he's afraid to get he's afraid to get that that cup, you know what I'm saying? Uh, John Jones was hiding under a UFC ring for about seven hours, eight hours. <laughs> Canelo probably do the same thing if Vlada showed up to his gym. So uh, that's just my personal opinion on the fact of the matter that he always says, "Oh, they disrespected us. They they wanted me to fight Triple G. No respect. That's why I won't deal with them." Uh, that we all know about the custom-made Cinco de Bayo belt that was made when he fought Cesar Chavez. He didn't want nothing to do with that, even though it had all the uh, Mexican uh, Aztec engravings and whatnot, or not engravings, but just design on the entire belt of itself, and uh, which you would think that someone like either Chavez Jr. or Canelo would be uh, gratified to receive. But Canelo, he's got to stick to the game plan, the same thing that Oscar told him, because we, we can't be getting tested, baby. We've got to have those hot shakes. So, Canelo, we know what time it is, man. Uh, I, he don't fool me. I see through the mist, but, eh, you know, Willard, that's your guy. I know you're going to defend him. I got nothing against him. No I, just, hey, I just wanted to give him respect. There was no – I wasn't defending anything. I was just speaking facts and what was and how the lineal championship is done, you know. That was it. So what she still talk about respect you, for? Huh? What she deserves respect for, right? That's all, you know. Yeah. So we can, we can continue yeah, to talk about the mute. <laughs> Yeah, we can. 
We can. It's just funny. You, you you got me all hot on this Canelo stuff. Dude. You don't exactly because you're knocking out Amir Khan. I like Canelo. I don't hate knock him. Knocked out of the decade. Knocked out of the decade. He was picking on a little guy, and he was losing the whole fight because he was getting out skilled. And then, hey man, those protein shakes kick in, huh? Yep, that's what they're for. So you know. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay, I got you. All right, moving on, moving forward. We'll agree to disagree on that one. But anyways, man, so what's up with it next? Yeah, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, like you said, looks like he was leaning towards the Triple G fight happening next. If he doesn't get that, because we know how, how it goes, uh, most likely it's going to be the rematch with Canelo and Triple G coming forward. I expect nothing less than that. Um, it, will, it will probably be the winner of the Canelo fight facing um, – I mean, I think you got to do the the uh, Billy Joe Saunders Danny Jacobs fight and let the winner of that fight get the winner of the rematch that we're going to have with Triple G and and uh, Canelo. I think that uh, Jamel Charlo or Jamal Charlo uh, probably Maul. have to get yeah. one or two more. Yeah, that's Maul, big, big Maul. Uh, he's going to have to get maybe another fight or two before he can get to a Canelo fight, depending on how things are going. And that goes for Andrade too. So it looks like, uh, I mean, if you go by deserving, I think Danny Jacobs should get a crack at it first because I think that, in my personal opinion, he beat Gennady Golovkin. Uh, but that's here nor there. But he's still in top contention. He should be a mandatory for whoever coming forward because uh, it's kind of funny how after he lost to Triple G, all of a sudden nobody wanted to fight him. You had guys like David Lemieux saying that he had bigger fish to fry. Where's the bigger fish to fry? Billy Joe Saunders is what you thought? After all that shit, he got shut out? So we know what time it was. He was afraid of Danny Jacobs because everybody in the division knew what Danny Jacobs did to Gennady Golovkin the night you were in attendance, Willa. So um, moving forward, uh, how do you see? What was that? We already knew. What, what was that? Did you take a shot? I was sort of reading. I'm hearing you. Then you said something. What was that shot you said? What did uh, I do? Man. No, you're getting too defensive now, my man. I was just talking about the night you were in Madison Square Garden and seeing Danny Jacobs beat Gennady Golovkin live. That's all I said. It wasn't taking no shots. Okay, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. saying the fact yeah. that you were there. <laughs> Calm down. Okay, you're yeah, a little yeah, happy today, yeah, relax, man. You're trigger happy today. I'm on your side. We can't be arguing together, man. We got to get this gold. But anyways, man, like I was saying, the, we've seen how David Lemieux stacks up against Guys like Triple G, he got the shit beat out of him. But um, it, hypothetically speaking, do you think that what you saw last night from Billy Joe Saunders, that he could do that, emulate that same type of game plan, making a guy like Gennady Golovkin miss, getting frustrated, and basically scoring his way to victory against a guy who has seemed to dramatically decline since the Danny Jacobs fight and won Gennady Golovkin? Well, I think that uh, Lemieux can definitely triple G at this point in time. Well, not definitely, but I'm thinking I'm giving him a good chance, man. So, uh, you know, hey, how do you feel about it? Hey, come back to me on this real quick. I got a, uh, I got some pop up real quick. So, explain how what you, you think about him uh, in this uh, middleweight thing. You can come back to me because I got I got a lot to say about this middleweight division. Well, uh, you know. Uh, the way I'm looking at it right now, I think David Lemieux gets the shit beat out of him. 
from anybody that's in the top contention. I think Danny Jacobs beats the dog shit out of him. I think Billy Joe or Billy Joe Saunders beats the dog shit out of him. What we seen yesterday, I think uh, Andrade beats the dog shit out of him. I think Mel Charlo beats the shit out of him. So I don't see David Lemieux being a top uh, player in this equation. He'll get the Canadian bacon slapped out of him from anybody that's up there going for contention of the top dogs. He, uh, he might have a, a chance to beat Canelo, though. That would be probably his best option if he could get that fight. But there's no way he lands that fight. It's not happening. Um, let's see. you got Billy Joe Saunders looking like if he could use this slick boxing skill to work his way to the top. I'm not so sure. I've seen people saying that they think Billy Joe Saunders would beat the shit out of uh, Jamal Charlo. And uh, honestly, I got Jamal Charlo ragdolling his ass and uh, turning him into a sucker for that night. Just by what I've seen from the Charlos out of recently, uh, there's uh, they're more than a handful to deal with, and definitely more than just a, a lunch you got to pack when you're going into a fight with either or Big Maul or quote unquote little little Mel. Dude's both pretty big lions only, but you know I think that uh, when it comes down to it, this whole landscape of the middleweight division will be will be shifted. Because I don't think Canelo's the top. I don't think Triple G's the top. Uh, by the way, ESPN came out with their top five rankings of the year, and Triple G was number one pound for pound on the ESPN list. The foolery. The foolery. Makes me laugh. This guy's not even the best middleweight on my list. But I would have it Danny Jacobs one. Billy Joe Saunders two. Triple G three. Canelo four. And then the rest got to fight it out. Because I could say how great Jamal Charlo is, but he's still got uh, to prove it against these top contenders. So do I think he will? Yeah. But I just got to see it before I could give him uh, such a high praise. Because I did see Danny Jacobs uh, beat an old man and break his ribs at MSG. And I've seen him get robbed for it, for his efforts. I've seen Canelo rob plenty of guys. When he's doing his old little campaign at Canelo weight, doing whatever he wanted. <laughs> That's funny. They say he beat Austin Trout. Um, they say he beat Landy Lara. Um, I guess he, he probably did beat Miguel Cotto. I give him that. The fact of the matter is, that Canelo Alvarez is a guy who got one scorecard against Floyd Mayweather when he got his ass beat. Just goes to show how deep the pockets of Golden Boy are trying to protect this man. So you should know better than uh, picking anybody when it comes to a scorecard against Canelo Alvarez. We'll see how that go- works moving forward, though. Because pretty soon, this whole little rematch that they're doing with Golovkin and Canelo, in my opinion, they're lucky to be having a rematch. That's why I think it's going to happen because killers are coming forward in this weight division. And I don't know how a guy like Canelo with, with middleweight, with, I mean, he's got a good chin, but he's got welterweight power in this division. And I don't care how many workouts he does, getting chopped up and, and trying to be as, as chiseled as Tim Bradley. It don't matter. Muscles don't translate to knockouts. Otherwise, Tim Bradley would have been a knockout artist. Shannon Briggs would be on top of the, the heavyweight division. That don't matter. If that matters, Willie Monroe Jr. would have beat the shit out of Billy Joe Saunders. 
find a man more chopped up for that fight than that man was going against him. It don't matter, Canelo. But anyway, moving forward for both guys, looks like, in my opinion, Danny Jacobs will be getting his due diligence pretty soon. And when that happens, everybody else will fall in line. Now, Willa, that's just my opinion on the middleweight division. How are you feeling about it? Man, so like I was saying, RC, sorry, I had to take that little break. But uh, Billy Joe Saunders proved to me that he deserves a chance. He hasn't proved to me that he is that he is really an elite, but he's proved to me that he has a that he has a chance to beat these guys, especially an old Triple G. If he can fight like he did last night, even though Triple G does have some boxing skills and he knows how to cut off the ring. But as uh, Jacob showed, if you shine him up a few times, and uh, he he'll get off his game plan, and he's there to be hit. And he and Billy Joe Saunders is a big guy, so he, I give him out of everybody. The only person I give him a chance to beat is Triple G, legitimately. Um, Canelo knows how to cut off the ring. I think he sleeps him. Uh, Jacob, uh, he's faster and stronger. And bigger, he sleeps him. Charlo sleeps him. Andrade. Now that's another guy that I've got. To, Andrade. The people, people are giving him like some kind of love that I. He hasn't proven to me that he is the real deal. Um, you know, he has to come up. So you know, I. Andrade. I don't know. Maybe Billy Joe Saunders can beat him. That's also a good fight, but. He has to prove to me now. Don't give me. He can do these things. If he does do them, he will shock me, and I will give him all the credit. But he hasn't proven to me that he could beat these guys. Old Triple G. He probably it's probably a fifty-fifty, probably fifty-five, forty-five for Triple G. But he has a chance. Last night he showed that he could box, man. And so I'm giving him a little, a little credit. And I want to see him fight. <clears throat> but he, but like I said before. I was calling him Billy Hosanna for the last couple of years because of one thing, because he doesn't want to fight the big dogs. So Triple G is fighting Canelo. Don't be surprised if he fights O'Sullivan again, which we'll talk about. You know, don't be surprised if he fights somebody of that caliber again, not wanting to fight Jacobs or one of these young bulls, <clears throat> or Andrade, or Charlo, these young American bulls out here. You know, don't be surprised if we're calling them Billy Hosanders in the next six months. But I want to see him fight the big dogs. He's he talking noise. He's feeling good. He looked good. But, you know, I don't, I'm not here to crown him. You got him as number two. That is just the foolish shit I've ever heard. That's, that's how we know that the hate for Canelo and Triple G are real, that you got Billy Joe Saunders. And you have Jacob. Jacob doesn't even have a belt, and you have him number one. But then you've got Canelo and Triple G under Billy Joe Saunders. That's just hate. That's Mexican hate, and you need to get that out of your system, man. Get that out of your system, RC. You're better than this, man. Oh, yeah, I forgot Triple G's Mexican now because they adopted him. Never thought about that. But hey, man, we talking about Canelo. That's just how it's... you know what we're talking about. You just hey, said man, all I know is Billy 
Joe Simon is the number two middleweight in the world. I think that's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know. Um, From hey, beating uh, who? Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs beat, he, Danny Jacobs beat Gennady Golovkin, and Gennady Golovkin beat Canelo. So Canelo's down there, you know, and Jacobs is up there. There's a reason why Triple G didn't want to – you know, he's got a good excuse, though. He's got a good excuse for not giving Danny Jacobs a rematch. Oh, oh, why would I give Danny Jacobs a rematch when, when I got the big money fight with Canelo? Serious business. Shit. Serious business. But we know what time it is, man. There's just guys that uh, got to hold that. They got to hold that bronze. And um, you know, silver ain't bad, but I got Danny Jacobs on top of him just because of what he did to Gennady Golovkin. And, hey, if Canelo would have came out and, and slapped Golovkin or something or did better work than Jacobs did, that'd be a fight I'd be on pins and needles for with Danny Jacobs and Canelo, but that'll never happen. I won't be surprised if Canelo really loses this fight bad coming forward. And moves back down. Probably have a rematch with Lara, something like that. Who knows? But I definitely don't see him lasting long in this division. I don't give a goddamn how big he is. But I, I don't got no personal hate towards Canelo. Uh, shit, I even picked him to beat uh, Miguel Cotto when they fought. And everybody knows how I feel about Miguel Cotto. But that's just how you know I put my bias and personal feelings aside when it comes to the business of boxing because you can't be, you know, a homer when it comes to making some logical picks moving moving along. I wouldn't want to fool the people like that. People listening to the show might, you know, if, if I give them my biased opinion, and it, my biased opinion would have been that Canelo was going to lose on the cards to Cotto that night, but I just didn't see that happening because Canelo don't lose on the cards. So, uh, it's not personal hate. Never is with Canelo. It's just when somebody's supposedly got A, potential, I critique them a lot higher than I critique guys that are B players and C players. When you have a lot of talent, I want you to show me what you can do with it. But, you know, we know what time it is. It's all about business. But moving forward, well, I know this one got to hurt. Gary Spike O'Sullivan, a man that was looking crazy, looking like he – came from a hot tub time machine some, somewhere back in the, in the 30s. This crazy mustache he had. The dude looked insane. Kind of weird to see white guys in boxing doing something like what we seen last night from Spike. Beat Anton Douglas. And he was definitely the B side of the fight. Douglas had his whole little intro coming out and all that. He had a feel-good story prematurely born as a crack baby. Didn't think he was going to be much in life. Persevered, made a great boxing career out of it. Not great, but a pretty good boxing career out of what he's had as far as record-wise was showing and everything that he fought moving forward before he actually got in the ring and started fighting. Felt for the brother. Wanted him to succeed. Wasn't really too hyped on this fight, but when I did see it start up, you know, I wanted Douglas to you know, punch them mustaches off, man. Spike O'Sullivan, Patty Cronin was pretty hype about him, if you're paying attention on Twitter. Patty usually gets hype for those Irish fighters. But, um, man, Douglas got stopped in seventh, and not only did he get stopped in seven rounds, 
he was getting tagged the whole fight. Terrible head movement by Douglas. It seemed like he was just accepting some of these punches instead of trying to deflect or move away from these punches. Not to get in another man's head because I'm not in the fight game like he was last night. Easy to critique. It's hard to put yourself in the same situation. A wide receiver in football drops a big big catch in the playoffs. Dez Bryant. And everybody out there on their couch with Cheeto fingers. Stains all over their shirt saying, oh, well, I could have caught that and he couldn't catch it. Spitting chips out on the goddamn floor in front of him. It's easy to critique. It's hard to put yourself in the same situation. But people do anyway. But my man Douglas was taking too many shots. Third, fourth round. You know those shots couldn't accumulate moving forward. And these are also guys we're talking about in the middleweight division who are also in contention. He couldn't take hits like that from Golovkin, Jacobs, Charlo, Andrade. Maybe he could take those punches from Canelo because he doesn't really have no middleweight power. But that's it. O'Sullivan puts himself in a middleweight hunt amongst killers, Willis. How'd you feel about that fight yesterday, my man? I know you've seen it. Oh, man, yeah, definitely. I saw the whole story. You know, my man uh, said he was a born premature crack baby and he wasn't supposed to live and all that. So, you know, plus, you know, a young black guy. So I was rooting for him straight off the bat before the fight starts. Then I see this guy, O'Sullivan, he's got the – the Barbers of, what's the name of that? What's the name of that damn uh, movie uh, where it was like the Barbers or the Shavers? I forgot what the movie was. Some Kings of New York. There we go. He's got the Kings of New York mustache. Okay. So bald head. I'm like, oh, man. This guy needs to whoop this fool. This Irish guy. This nigga needs to whoop this fool. They start fighting. He's looking all right, but he's just getting tagged. Then all of a sudden it felt... I don't know what happened. He just, like, he gave up the ghost and just started getting hit with right hand after right hand after right hand until he went to sleep. And it was sad, man. It was sad. O'Sullivan gave him that work. It, it, that one touched me, um, but we should have known that a former crack baby wasn't going to, you know, wasn't going to probably do too much. <laughs> you know, we should, probably should have known that. So, Shout out to him. He had a he got his career. Yeah. He got the boxing. He probably made him a little money. But uh, like Jab Zuda, he's probably gonna need to go ahead and get his um get his associates and something and get another job. Cause I hate to do it to him, but man, O'Sullivan can't, isn't the real deal, man. And he was just tagging him, tagging him, tagging him, tagging him, same punch, and he couldn't do nothing about it. It was. Like some of that crack was still in the system or something. I don't know. Yeah, that was really sad, man. That was cold-blooded. I I mean, never want to judge a character. You know what I mean? But we do anyway. And I just felt like the guy Sullivan, he looked a little lost. I was confused when I seen him come out. But, you know, speaking for myself only, if I was in the ring with this guy, that mustache alone would just put me in a rage. I would be looking at this man across the ring like a, a, a plate of food just for having that stupid mustache. And Steve Douglas, you know, 
the way he went out, just being on those ropes and just taking those terrible shots. I mean, the way O'Sullivan fights, that's a counterpuncher's dream. You could have did a whole lot with that. And I was just waiting for it because I figured maybe after the first big shot he took from the lack of his head movement would be one of those shots that wake a guy up. You know, sometimes uh, sparring doesn't do justice for the percentage that people are going at you being 110% on fight night compared to how everyone goes in sparring leading up to a fight. So sometimes you just need that, uh, you know, slap in the face to get your, get your gears going and, um, you know, get your, get your, your engine warmed up. But um, it just accumulated to the fact that you can't keep doing that for 12 rounds of a fight. You can't keep doing that for 10 rounds of a fight. You probably can't even keep doing that if you're in an eight to six round fight, allowing yourself to get tagged the way he got tagged. Uh, eventually, your brain moves around and gets slopped around so much. So from some of those hits, and this were not just slick trap punches that O'Sullivan was setting up off his back foot, counter-punching himself. This is basically a rock'em, sock'em robot walking towards you. O'Sullivan had, you know, he was a, he would be a good fighter for Soviet Union fighters who Virgil Hunter went on record saying that they don't like a dog fight, guys like that. Because he was, um, you know, He's a, a tough customer. He was. A, he knew what he had to do for him to have any chance of winning. Wasn't no no slickness to what he did. There wasn't no major game plan to what he did. But he did what he had to do, and he came out on top. And I was very surprised on the fact of the matter. Uh, there's been a whole lot of upsets coming up in boxing as of as of late. But um, you know that's just the way it goes down sometimes. Uh, but yeah, definitely feel bad for Douglas. Hopefully, he uh, could get himself a new defensive coordinator because what he was doing yesterday was uh, just not the business. But um, you know, moving along, we had Jesse Vargas making his PBC debut. Remember Jesse Vargas, really the guy who gave Bradley one of the most devastating overhand hooks that we've seen. Probably since, well, not with the same devastation, but as far as the loopiness that came from his punch, um, which was just recently the anniversary of with uh, Marcos Maidana with that overhand shot on Adrian Broner that dropped him into the ropes. Same punch that Jesse Vargas put on Tim Bradley had him wobbled and, you know, all that controversy that went on afterwards. But Jesse Vargas pretty much made his um, public viewing awareness from that big shot from Bradley. I don't think a whole lot of people would put much in the stock when he was in the legend versus the champ fight with Manny Pacquiao, which was on top rank pay-per-view. Not HBO, top rank. How much no one gave a shit about that fight. <clears throat> but... Jesse Vargas made his PBC debut yesterday, and he looked pretty good. Did you catch that one, Willa? No, no, I didn't. I didn't watch that uh, on Fox Sports One. I didn't check it out. I saw that he just he was beating up on a a, a bum just to showcase 
didn't get the knockout, so we know how I feel about that. But I didn't check this it out. Vargas, true. I need to. Yeah, Vargas, cool cat. I think I met him uh, a couple of times. But, uh, yeah, got whooped by Manny. Oh. He hasn't been – he hasn't fought in a while, I don't think. Um, yeah, he hasn't – I don't think he's fought in probably about a year, so. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been I a didn't while catch sure. that. Um, yeah. You know, speaking of fighters that you met, since we'll just go from here to there, what's up with that picture you posted, Chung, with Saddam Ali? Seems like that's – you seem like if I didn't know any better and I seen that picture, I'd be like, oh, look, that's Willis Homeboy with him right there. You guys seem real cool. Were you uh, happy with his performance against Miguel Cotto or something like that? What was that picture taken? Well, yeah. Oh, that picture was taken. I've met Saddam Ali two times. That picture was taken the first time I met him when we when we went to uh, it was the Hopkins Cobbler fight. We saw him come back and knock out uh, knock out somebody, sleep him. Uh, that's when I knew Saddam Ali was uh, was back. I've always been a Saddam Ali fan, as uh, as as I've stated before, and you know just chopped it up with him and took that's that's where that's where, and the way he sent out the beloved Miguel Cotto, you know, I know there's a lot of fans out there that shed a tear watching their, you know, watching their hero, their hero get his ass whooped by, you know, a Muslim American, uh, not, and not even get his tor- ass whooped to the, yeah, what? What'd you he say? had a torn bicep, just saying he had one arm in that fight, so. You know. Hey, and that's what it looked like after he was getting rocked. His dad wanted him to kill him, but I think Ali just showed him a little more respect than that and took, you know, a fan favorite out. So I had to put that out there just to show love to Ali, uh, show love to USA, the uh, the mainland, you know what I'm saying, showing love to the mainland. And uh, that was all that was about. No jabs at any Kodo fans. Cause I know there was a lot out there. Oh, interesting. I don't think there's that many Cotto <laughs> fans out there besides Cotto fans. But, um, yeah, all right, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. But um, like you mentioned earlier, uh, coming towards the end of the year, we about had all we had on our plates this year for super fights, fights that we didn't expect to happen that actually happened in 2017, turning into a pretty good goddamn year of boxing. We had a whole lot of fights across the board that year that we just never thought we'd see. Klitschko, AJ, Canelo, Triple G, Mayweather, uh, McGregor, Adrian Broner, Mikey Garcia, Kel Brook, again, it's a little Spence. You go down the list, man. Danny Garcia with Keith Thurman, big welterweight fight that we had early in the year. That sort of kicked everything off. One that should have been Rigandow and <laughs> Nomaschenko. We had a crazy year in boxing this year. And coming towards the end of the year, we got two more shows before it's a wrap. Um, on the Facebook, Twitter pages, we're going to uh, make an option collage for what we got coming up being fighter of the year, comeback fighter of the year, knockout of the year, the almighty prestigious donkey of the year, which will be given to you first and foremost 
2017 and moving along forward for the years to come with Outsiders Boxing Podcast. So for everybody listening that's uh, interactive on the fan page and all that stuff, check it out. Twitter, I'll be putting it together coming up here probably tomorrow. Give you an option. Get the best five out there, what we could think, and uh, we'll see how the votes go. This is what you guys think. It's not what we think. Uh, even though I'm sure me and Will will have our our hands in the cookie jar when it comes to voting. We'll be putting ours in there, our names in the cap. But majority votes will be it. So I hope everybody enjoys that one right there. It's going to be kind of funny when you see Donkey of the Year. We had a whole lot of guys talking a bunch of mess that they did not back up. Guys, fighters breathing down other fighters' necks. Prospect of the year. All that good stuff. Smoke show of the year coming for the women's division. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to that one. And, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, see how that all works out. But, Willa, um, coming up towards the end of the show here, it's been a crazy year in boxing. And uh, uh, I'll be uh, – if you got anything in mind as far as knockout of the year, something that you've seen and anything that you think that should be on there, me and you will – uh, definitely be the ones putting it together. So uh, uh, if you got any input, man, let me know what you think, and uh, we'll see how we could get this whole thing going on. I think it's going to be pretty fun to see who's going to uh, get some of these yearly awards from Outsiders Boxing Podcast. But uh, anything you want to uh, close out with, my man, before we get up out of here? Oh, yeah, RC. Yeah, um, two things, two quick things. I think that boy Bell, you beat up the U.K. brother David Hayes today uh, just – probably within the last couple of hours. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was a 11th round TKO or 10th round. So another UK brother does what? <laughs> Say that again? Yeah, yeah, they do what they do. Um, yeah. I want to give a shout-out to ESPN for keeping it 100 and getting te- Teddy Atlas the fuck off uh, out of there. This guy has no respect <laughs> for fighters. He's not professional. He's asking guys do they think they really won. He has no, you know. I, I feel him, right. but at the same time, he's a professional, and that's not what he should he should be doing outstaging. So, you know, he's probably still with ESPN. He could do this, the commentating where you give your opinions, but, uh, you know, with Stephen A and all that, Kellerman. But as far as him talking to guys after fights and during fights, I don't want to hear it. So shout out to that, man. And uh, like you said, it's been an excellent year of boxing. Um, outside this podcast, man, we've been putting it down for this for this probably this last quarter, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about giving these awards. <laughs> Should be a good one. Um, I don't know how we're gonna do. What we'll talk about? I don't know if we're gonna decide together or come up with our own surprise each other. Are we gonna, you know, we we'll have to come up with the with the uh, the scenarios on how we're gonna do it. But yeah, should be a good one, man. Anybody out there, y'all like it? Uh, like us, share us, put a little comments, rate us, all that good stuff. Subscribe on the iTunes. So, uh, yeah, appreciate it. There it is, man. There it is. We'll be having that coming up uh, within the next day or so, having you guys check out what you think, what we're going to have locked up moving forward. And, um, you know, hopefully some of these guys that get awards at the end of the year can – uh, hopefully, try to go back-to-back. If you're fighter of the year, you don't want to end up being donkey of the year your next year after. So 
uh, for everybody, it's on notice. So uh, that's what it is, man. Which Francois might have to... Oh, yeah. That's a good one, Willie. He went from fighter of the year last year to... That might be a candidate right there. <laughs> good one. Good one. Good shit, Willie. Good shit. Um, but, yeah, hope everybody enjoys the rest of their day. Everybody out there in the fantasy football world, this is the conference finals. Damn near. Hope everybody made the right decisions, picking the right lineup, and uh, uh, moving forward to the championship next week for you all. Football's coming up towards an end. College football's coming up towards an end. That time of the year, ladies and gentlemen, when it's cold out, uh, but one, one sport that doesn't go away, it's always boxing. So when boxing is life, this is where me and Willa come to you and uh, go to get everybody's opinion out there, including our own, and moving forward as far as keeping it 100 because that's what we do out here. So I uh, hope everybody gets their Christmas and all that, the Christmas shopping and all that out the way. Get your girl something nice this year, fellas, whether it's something mind-blowing or not. You make it happen for your one and only and the significant other, and hopefully everybody has a blessed holiday when we come back to you. It'll be that time of the year, Christmas Eve. So we'll be moving forward, and I uh, hope everybody has a great week. Outsiders Boxing Podcast from the San Joaquin Valley in the Central Section in Hanford, California, all the way to Houston, Texas. Much love. Everybody take care. Outsiders Boxing Podcast will be back to you sooner than later, as you already know. Speaking for Willa and myself, we out of here. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.